Where are you from, Joseph? South Shields. Well, there were three of us in this marriage. I just want to say, Liam, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. I enjoy cooking bacon and stop working with flour. This is Your Welcome America, the podcast that explains what the bloody hell Brits are banging on about. In every episode, we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Hi, babes. Hiya. How are you doing? Pretty good. I've, uh, I didn't have a drink last night and I slept well and I've had a run. I'm pretty smug. I will second that. Actually, I actually in a this is a fun a fun little story. Well, we'll be the judge of that. We'll be Since the judge. moving in by myself and uh, combined with lockdown, I have not partaken in any of my kind of weed collection because I was a little bit like mm, I'm not really sure if this is a great time and place to be <laughs> getting stoned. But last night I decided, Do you know what? I'm in the mood, and I had the best evening i took half of a weed gummy <laughs> and just very gently and mellowly uh you know i just got gently stoned and i watched uh, buffy the vampire slayer <laughs> oh that's lovely it was such a nice saturday so i woke up this morning feeling like so nice to not be hungover and you know great and great to catch up on buffy you know i, I mean after and also you've had you've had a tough week because you know you've done another juice plans haven't you i have yes i have um i'm just two days out of the last juice cleanse that i did it was even worse than the first one because i knew what was coming um and yeah i uh, don't think i'm ever gonna do it again in my life because it is torturous <laughs> got it got it got it i also love the fact that um a lot of this juice cleanse is down to the fact that we're just anticipating July 4th because we're hoping to go away together. And basically, it's going to be me, you, and podcast husband, Jesse, <laughs> seeing no one else. But we've got really carried away about, like, buying clothes and, like, you know, working out and just getting ready for it. Absolutely. I have no idea who I'm trying to impress. I mean, I, do you and Jesse, I guess, I'm trying to impress. No, I bought I bought another new outfit that I haven't told you about. It's just a... Um, it's just... <laughs> It's just like a, a coordinated, like short tracksuit set. It's just more of a casual thing for like just you know hanging around the house. But again, I bought that thinking about Palm Springs. I meet. I bought a pair of shoes. A pair of shoes in the sale. I mean, also bearing in mind that like if there's anywhere you don't even wear shoes, it's Palm Springs. But I've got those shoes. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know what. We're, I think we're just gonna have to try on all these clothes in front of each other, and maybe do, maybe we'll do like a fashion show <laughs> in the house. <laughs> And I also just think every night we should dress up for dinner, but just, you know, dinner for, you know, separately we can dress up for dinner and maybe one at a time we can reveal our outfits and then sit down together at the dinner table. 100%. That is such a good plan. Uh, well, you know the story. I went away last weekend. Oh, yeah. Tell me. Tell me about your travels. Because this is like the first time going away in, you know, months and months and months. So Jesse and I, for his birthday, went up to uh, Santa Barbara, which is just up the coast. Uh, like a couple of hours away, we drove up there, stayed in a motel. So obviously, we bought some Lysol wipes. You know, as soon as you walk into your room, we just Lysoled everything, so it smelled very citrusy and fresh. Where'd you get those wipes from? Well, Jesse found them in the supermarket. Can you believe it? Oh, oh my goodness! I know. Okay, the world truly is turning again. If you could buy Lysol wipes again, yeah, we did that. Stayed there, spent the days on the beach, and then in the evening we went for our first restaurant meals but it was just like an outdoor pub or bar where you sat very distance from one another and you're outside and it was all very manageable i will say santa barbara it doesn't appear either covid or black lives matter has happened 
Yeah, I feel like it's uh, it exists in its own um, timeline. For me, mm. I associate Santa Barbara with uh, it was Heidi and Spencer's favorite place to go away on the hills. Do you remember they would always they would always sneak away for a weekend and they would go to Santa Barbara. So I think it only exists in that timeline. I think it's still like 2009 and Heidi well, and Spencer are like skipping down the beach. 100% because everyone there was white and also everyone was dressed like 2009. Like I saw some because it's like a college party town and I saw some college kids in their early 20s. Did it look like they were dressed as like the main characters in Final Destination 3? Yeah, pretty pretty much. A lot of just like, <laughs> <laughs> like, play, like a play, like a, a very short, like vacation jumpsuit in like a bold color with like a wedge heel, you know, and all the guys were, were very like American Eagle, but wearing a pair of Vans. It's very weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So strange. Yeah. It's like not far from LA, but a whole different world. It really is. Right. Should we do some feedback? Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, I have got some feedback from Instagram. Dean UK 2020 just says, you bad boys. And then in brackets, bad boys. Oh, <laughs> As a feedback for our Alexandra Burke episode. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, Crystal, uh, our, our queen Crystal uh, just says, hang on, let me put down my cups. <laughs> Which is a great <laughs> reference to start without you. Uh, CLC, uh, she just wanted to thank me for reminding her about uh, the song Beat of My Heart by Hilary Duff, which is added to her running playlist, along with uh, with Bad Boys. Also, I love that sometimes, sometimes doesn't she go running listening to this podcast, which I find intriguing. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I can't imagine getting the motivation to run listening to this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, um, so Crystal has also hopped over to, to my Instagram and she has written that Ten years on, we're, we finally confirmed that you are secretly working for the Beasts PR team. So I forgot that when Start Without You came out, I used to just bring it up in conversation and say, oh, hey, have you heard that new Alexandra Burke song? It's, it's pretty good, isn't it? And then take like a sip of my drink. I Almost like I was just trying to like promote it constantly. Some very like extreme guerrilla marketing where you're just like, I'm going to mention this. <laughs> exactly. And hey, it got to number one. So you're all welcome. So uh, then a little bit more feedback from my friend Lydia. She was, at time of recording, heading back to Norfolk to check on the welfare of the shark that's hidden in the Marina Leisure Centre in Great Yarmouth. So I'll be eagerly anticipating that report. That will be on the next episode. I will get her feedback from that. We haven't heard back from her so far. So I am concerned that, you know, either she's fallen in or the shark or I, I don't want to put out conspiracy theories in this current environment. But Lydia, do get back in touch ASAP. Just a welfare check on Lydia for that. Thank you. <laughs> Finally, uh, just our friend George really seemed to have been inspired by Alexandra Burke as a topic, our American friend George. He um, he said, starting this episode thinking I didn't know who Alexandra Burke was, but turns out I'm quite familiar with all of these songs, thanks to years of exposure to playlists curated by Ben Fraser and podcast nemesis Michael. <laughs> Wonderful. I love that. And then he also just implores us and I guess UK listeners to revisit the kind of shocking time that in American Idol, there was like a definite kind of almost racism scandal where uh, Fantasia, Jennifer Hudson and Latoya London were all in the bottom three of the competition, even though they were the best. Um, and he thinks that was a, a time of kind of racist voting like when we were talking about A. Burke and Strictly. So a little bit of a, a little bit of culture and history from George as well. 
Okay, before we get into the podcast, we should say that in every episode, we tackle a British topic, an American topic, and we work out their UK or US equivalent. And we're going to get into that in a second. But before we do that, we have an announcement to make. Fraser, take it away. So we are always doing a shout out to our friends at Afterthought Media, and they do a Drag Race recap podcast. And we are very excited to announce that for them on their feed, we will be covering Drag Race Canada. (laughs) We're going to be recapping it. These two UK people who now live in America are going to be recapping Canadian Drag Race. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's that's us. You, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, so every week we're going to do an episode. Drag Race Canada starts, I think it's July 2nd. It starts on Wild Presents Plus in the US. It's going to be in Logo. It's going to be in other places all over the place. We're going to do an episode every week. So we will direct you uh, where to listen to it. Yeah, it's exciting times. We're, we're hoping to have some exciting guests lined up, special guests and yeah, just fun and Canadian drag shenanigans. Yeah. And when we say special guests, we, we're very well aware that we are not Canadian. So we're going to have to have some Canadian friends hop on and just explain a few Canadian reference points. Exactly, exactly. And we can't just have all our references stop at Avril Lavigne and Celine Dion. Shall we get on with the episode? Let's do it! And we are back. Okay, up first, we have Fraser with a British topic. It's a surprise for me. I don't know what it's going to be. Fraser, what you're talking about? So I was having a look at some of the kind of news that's happening back at home. And I know that recently you are able back in the UK to start going shopping again. You're, you're able to start going clothes shopping again. <laughs> some of the clothes shops have opened. Um, and I thought to myself, what's a quintessential clothes shop that everyone wanted to pop back into? Just pop in and grab some bits. And I thought I'm going to talk about the high street giant <laughs> juggernaut that is Primark. Oh, interesting. So I just thought I'll just give a little bit of backstory as to what Primark actually is, and then we can kind of go into it. So Primark actually started off as a store in Ireland called Pennies, which was in, I think, 1969 or 1970. And then basically it has kind of, you just absolutely you know it came over to the uk it's in europe it's blown up to be this insane huge uh, high street store and obviously in ireland it's called pennies but in the rest of the world it is called primark and apparently that is because of jc penny having the <laughs> having the um the trademark of jc penny apparently they had to change it to primark outside of ireland in in every kind of new new store and the way to kind of describe primark to people is who have never heard of it is it's known as a fast fashion store, which means that it does kind of very discounted, much cheaper clothes that are meant to be like, that are very kind of like trend focused, but accessible cheap. And it means the clothes are cheap and you basically can wear them and then just buy a whole new outfit when the trend changes and when those clothes eventually yeah. fall oh. apart. <laughs> and there's actually, I didn't realize that Primark was in America. Oh, there's a few, there's, there's a handful of Primarks on the East Coast of America, which are in, uh, they're in like Boston, Brooklyn, Chicago, uh, Staten Island. And then on the list of, of stores in the US, I found one that just said King of Prussia. Have you ever, ever heard of the King of Prussia Mall in Pennsylvania? No, that's... What a, isn't, isn't that the most insane name for a mall you've ever heard? The King of Prussia. So not even Russia, Prussia. Um, one thing I do want to bring up, though, right from the word goes, how do you pronounce Primark? 
pre-mark. Pre mark. I do not Good. say pre-mark. Pre-mark, because you know, north, like in the north and in Scotland, it's pre-mark. No, I just got that from pre-mark. I did. It's the pre-mark one. It's funny that you mentioned the name. So obviously, yeah, there's pre-mark or pre-mark is the kind of, I class it as a mis mispronunciation, but it might just be different parts of the UK. But there's also another word that people use for pre-mark, which makes me feel insane and is oh, so God. not funny. Oh God, I know it's coming and I feel really <laughs> I feel nauseous just knowing you're going to say it. They call it a primani. <laughs> just going to pop into primani. Just like, oh, you know, we're having fun. We all know the clothes are cheap, but we're trying to say it's as, as fashionable as Armani. I love, oh my God, I love, your, I love your dress. I love what you're wearing. Where did you get that? I mean, don't tell anyone, but it's just a little primani number. I just, I, I nipped into primani. Now tell me this, right? I've been racking my brains. There is a US equivalent of the term primani. There isn't there. And I cannot for the life of me put my finger on what it is. I feel like there is an American store where the name gets changed like that. And I can't, can you think of it? Because it's driving me crazy. Oh, 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 I've got it. Wait, wait. They don't, they, don't they say instead of Target, they say Target? Target. Yes. I knew it. I knew it. It's like, that's exactly it. It's like it's people being like, oh, Target, just having some fun. I'm having fun with it. I mean, are you having fun with it? I'm not. Um, no. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Primark in general reminds me, I'll just talk about it from my personal experiences, reminds me of mainly when I got to university. So I was like 19 and I moved to London and I was kind of hanging out with all my friends and Primark really became the focus of where my female friends would go and buy their outfits for nights out at uni. So CLC and the rest of the gals would always be, you know, popping into Primark in Kingston. <laughs> in Kingston to buy, to buy like the latest, you know, gypsy skirt. And then these, these like vest tops that were like purposefully wrinkled and scrunched. I remember that was a really big trend. And then those big, you remember those, those belts that you'd wear, the girls would wear low on the hip that were like lots of circles. Oh yeah. Love those. In fact, in fact, I think, um, Ashante, Ashante, Ashanti in the Only You music video wears one of those belts that <laughs> period from one, of, from one of our favorite albums, Concrete Road. Concrete Road. Um, what... <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get into our love of Concrete Rose. <laughs> I also like how you referenced uh, Kingston there because you know what? It's actually great. You could go to Primark, get a wee Primarney number, and then you could go to Oceana. It's true. It's true. Well, the building that Oceana was in was called the Rotunda, which was a little shopping thing. So actually you could go to Primani and then you nip to the Rotunda and you could like pop into this. There was this off-brand Nando's that was called Frango's, which was like a ripoff of Nando's. So you could pop into the Rotunda, have a Frango's and then, you know, get ready, get yourself, pop on that Primani outfit and yeah, go to Oceana. Oh, <laughs> what a dream. Primark was for me was very that. It was very like, oh, I'm a student. I don't have very much money. So I'll go and buy like Especially in that kind of period of time, it was always like, buy a fun t-shirt. You know that for that Friday night at the student union? I'll buy a new fun t-shirt. <laughs> well, this is it. Do you know what? I'm not, I can't do a whole new outfit, but I'll just buy a top. Just one little top, do you know? What? And that'll just freshen up my look. And if I spill my, my, my vodka cranberry down, it doesn't matter because it costs 12 pounds. <laughs> so here's where we get to my question for you. So, you know, famously on this podcast, you uh, have really revealed yourself as a true snob. So let's talk about your experiences with Primark. Have you ever even been inside of a Primark? Now, here's the thing. <laughs> when I was at university, <laughs> I was at university in York in North England, and it's a much smaller city. They didn't, we didn't have a Primark. So everyone was still doing like the whole top shop, top man, you know, and then 
fact, we didn't even have H&M, so we couldn't even go there. <laughs> I remember my friends in Edinburgh and Glasgow, I think Edinburgh was the first place for Primark in Scotland, and they were going fucking crazy for Primark. <laughs> but it was always, it was always like the girls going there. So I didn't really get to experience it. And then when I did go back to, like, graduate from uni, got to London, there was never really a, like, the guys' section was never a thing. Like, the girls' section was always a big, big deal. The guys was always a bit shit. So I remember getting to London and going in and looking at the guys' stuff and being like, what? This doesn't make sense. And then I just never went back. <laughs> so, I, so would you say you've probably been in a Primark, like, once in your life then? I would say max three times max. <laughs> Like, I think once to look to like work out what the guys section was about, twice to maybe go back and give it another chance, and then third time with like a girlfriend, you know, like tra- traipsing around as they bought like a gazillion tops. And the thing always with Primark was that you could you could have like um it was like nowhere else really did it, but like a, a shopping bag. <laughs> Do you remember you would go yeah. in and you would you would pick up like a shopping bag and you just shove all your bits in. It's always just full of like on a Saturday, like girls walking around with like three massive bags overflowing with shit. That was all. <laughs> it's very. I, I I have obviously because I'm a man of the people, people's champion. I have been in a Primark many a time, and I would say yeah, the the kind of signature thing is definitely girls carrying yeah, I'd say like three kind of almost like laundry bins full of just clothes just shoved in. One of the other kind of features of Primark is that the clothes are just always on the floor because <laughs> it gets very competitive and people are really rummaging through those racks and I'd say most of the time the staff's job in Primark is just to pick clothes up off the floor and hang them back up again <laughs> um, yeah it definitely has like TK slash TJ Maxx vibes doesn't it? it it really does it has that kind of frantic you know frantic kind of energy to it and I would say that my main nightmarish experiences with Primark have been in London and there's two there's two different stores so there's one at they're both on Oxford Street but one is at Marble Arch that end down there and the other one is by Tottenham Court Road down that end of Oxford Street and they are the one at Marble Arch I remember it opened and I went with a friend you know got to see what happened at the grand opening and it, it was like a fucking hellscape nightmare like you know as someone who suffers I suffer from anxiety and Poor mama, if you ever want to just induce a panic attack in me, just throw me into, you know, blindfold me, throw me into a Primark and then just rip the blindfold off and leave me there. It is so hot and frantic and stressful. And yeah, all those clothes on the floor and people just bump you out of the way. So I thought I'd just talk a little bit about what they even sell because I feel like we haven't even really covered that. So as I said- Wait, my question for you is, my question for you is, would you agree with me that the guy section is crap and the female section is- good yeah no for sure it definitely the the kind of fast fashion aspect of it is really focused on the the women's wear and the men's wear is more like literal basics so it's like i used to go in there and buy like you know how most of my 20s i just wore jeans and a black t-shirt so i would and a scarf and no the fashion and a fashion scarf so i would often i would buy the jeans from h&m or top man but then the black t-shirts i would buy just constantly from primark so i would go in and buy just (laughs) black t-shirt after black t-shirt at one point i had like 10 in my wardrobe so <laughs> and then obviously the fashion scarf would just be from wherever it caught my eye <laughs> my magpie <laughs> eye caught a little fashion scarf hanging in a <laughs> in a little you know, moroccan souk <laughs> <laughs> Especially, you know, wait, wait 
my question for you where did you do you remember your gold jacket where did that come from oh my god that, the gold jacket? <gasps> that gold jacket it was like a like a faux it was like a faux leather jacket but made out of gold or was it a bomber <laughs> jacket i can't even remember what style it was but it was it wasn't like a shiny it was like a matte gold wasn't it <laughs> yeah a dulled, a dulled gold a dull, jacket like a dulled gold like fake leather jacket where was that from? This is Future Fraser. That beautiful, dulled gold jacket was from H&M. <laughs> it was stunning. But do you remember, didn't you leave it in a club? Didn't you, in fact, didn't you leave it in pop stars? I left, uh, it in, and I left it in multiple locations in London and it always came back to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love those. I love those days of like going into a club and being like, well, I'm not paying 150 to put my, my coat in the, the coat check. So finding like a corner of the club and like squishing it behind like a, a sticky speaker, you know, and then forgetting about the Oh yeah, because this was back in my piss head days. So I would drink like a thousand strongbows and then just saunter on home and just in one of my black Primark t-shirts and my fashion scarf, never putting my gold jacket back <laughs> over the top of it. Well she, well, she had that scarf. So that neck was warm. <laughs> Just stretch it out like a shawl around my shoulders when I was cold. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, just to talk quickly about what the kind of stuff they sell. So they started off, obviously it was all, um, it was like fast fashion and it's clothes and, you know, shoes and that kind of stuff. But now it's expanded out and it has like, Primark has a homeware section where you can buy like pillows and bedding and... Ooh. You know, they even sell like kitchenware. You can pretty much like it's become almost some of the bigger stores are almost like a department store where you can you could buy like everything you needed. And the whole shtick is that it's, you know, so mass produced that it's as cheap as it can be. So I just wanted to ask you something. So it's been a while since you've been in a Primark. And obviously there's the one in London. I know you haven't seen that for a while. Did you know this is truly awful that the one at the end of um oxford street near tottenham court road has a full mm-hmm. whole section dedicated to a primark with harry potter collaboration range did you know that no but it makes total total sense so anyway so this kind of collaboration with harry potter it it made me it 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 sparked something in my mind. And what I did is I actually did a FaceTime call with CLC before this because CLC is a fashion journalist back in in London and she gets invited to a lot of different events and anytime kind of high street stores do collaborations and events and all that kind of stuff, CLC is very much in the know. So I was like, I'm going to call her and ask her about any experiences she's had with Primark. And it actually inspired just a very quick little either or game that I'm going to play with you, okay? I'm going to just name two things, two people, two things, two concepts, and they are collaborations with Primark. And you tell me which one of them is the real collaboration and which one I've made up. So out of these two celebrities, which one has a range at Primark? Michelle Keegan or Stacey Solomon? (gasps) Oh, uh, uh, Michelle Keegan. Incorrect. Stacey Solomon has not just one, but two ranges at Primark. Is one like a homeware range? Oh, I think it's all clothes. And uh, just a quick little bit of intel from CLC. She's been to both of those launches. One was at the Ace Hotel in Shoreditch, and another one was at the New Hoxton in Southwark. And she said that because Stacey Solomon loves garage music, at one of them, DJ Luck and MC Neat performed. And then at the, <gasps> at the other launch, Shola Amma came and performed. <laughs> Whoa! Wow! Yep. Stace, good job. 
a UK designer has collaborated with Primark. So is it Julian McDonald or Henry Holland? Well, I actually looked up collaborations earlier, so I know it's Henry Holland. <laughs> Do you remember there was a real period of time where Henry Holland was always slithering around East London when we were like out and about on the town? Do, do you remember my Henry Holland t-shirt I had? It <laughs> no. was green with like big pink lettering. I can't remember what it said, but remember there was all those like funky cheeky t-shirts <laughs> that was all like, what did they say? Like, give us a, give us a bramble, Naomi Campbell. Like what, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It was all just like, what? Oh, and God. actually before, before, before you, um, uh, before you told me that I ha I just, while you were talking, I Googled, uh, Henry Holland and Primark, and it says Henry is known for his wacky and wonderful designs, and so with Primark, he's creating a range of tote bags. Yeah, that was literally it. Oh yeah, no, completely. <laughs> and then I looked at them, and I was like, "What?" And there's like a bag with a cat on it, and there's a bag that says "Bring it on." <laughs> oh my god, I got a picture the other day sent to me from the archives from one of my friends. And speaking of those like embarrassing T-shirts. For some period of time, I owned this purple t-shirt that had like a I Love New York ripoff of it. And it said, I heart girls. And I wore it like thinking it was funny. Like, oh, I love girls. Like, I thought Cheeky. I... Look, you're just like playing with your sexuality. What you like? Isn't that just so ghastly? Like when I saw the picture, and this is a picture of me in a club, pisshead, like completely drunk. I'm wearing my I Love Girls t-shirt and I have these huge, like, two pit stains under my arms because it's on, like, a very light purple t-shirt. And I was like, wow, my 20s were a real... <laughs> I was a real picture. <laughs> was, your, was your fashion scarf on or off at that point? Oh, God, that was... This was, this was post-fashion scarf. <laughs> okay, I've got one, one final collaboration. So, tell me, from these two famous internet animals, which one had a range at Primark? Grumpy Cat or Doug the Pug? Grumpy Cat. <laughs> I can confirm that it is Grumpy Cat, and CLC has got a picture of herself with Grumpy Cat, RIP, um, who was flown over from America to London for the Grumpy Cat. Apparently, it was a range of like homewares where you could buy like a pillow with Grumpy Cat's face on it. Oh, and she. Yeah, and, and you say RIP, RIP indeed. Yeah. Grumpy Cat no longer. Actually, I hope, I hope CLC got like some of that merch because that's probably worth something now she's still got that picture as well i'm gonna get her to send it we'll put it on a, an instagram and uh, she also oh, gave me she gave me a great bit of intel when i was i was actually kind of running this game past her and i said oh what other internet animal would work and she said oh use doug the pug and i said why and she said because he's got a range at claire's accessories oh <laughs> uh, wow <laughs> i know we live in a crazy world i really <laughs> That's really fascinating. I know. I, oh, oh, it's all passed me by. I, I mean, it really did. Uh, well, you know, how often are you popping into a Claire's? Well, my ears are already pierced, so I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. I, just so you know, I did get my ears pierced in Claire's. You did? Wh which one? Yeah. <sighs> there was the one in York at uni, but then one of them closed up. So I, then I went to the one, I think it was in. Liverpool Street Station, you know, the one upstairs? <laughs> In the train station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I was trying to think of the, obviously the US equivalent of Primark. And I have kind of like a, a kind of a, a strange fusion of things. So obviously in this country over here in America, they have 
Forever 21 is kind of a very obvious comparison because it, you know, it's fast fashion. It's meant to skew a little bit younger. And yeah, it's that kind of disposable fashion thing. But obviously Forever 21 is kind of all around the UK now and it's just become like part of the UK kind of culture as well. So <laughs> this sounds like I'm doing like a thesis on American fashion that I'm about to do, but bear with me mm-hmm. with this. So <laughs> my, here's, here's where I, my mind went. So we have UK, we have Primark, fast fashion, does not have a website, cannot buy it online, have to go into store. Very strange. I feel like the flip reverse of that has happened in America where they had like Forever 21, those kind of stores. It was all, you know, store-based, wasn't a big online presence. Whereas now all of the fast fashion here in America is all those gross, insane websites. And I was thinking that it's like, so bear with me here. This is my US equivalent of Primark. I feel like it's it. It would be as if Forever 21 teamed up with FashionNova.com to do a capsule collection by Hannah Brown, the bachelorette from the last season. Whoa. Whoa, that's a lot of reference points. Wow. Take yourself on that journey, my friend, and tell me what you think. My mind, my mind, my mind went all over the place. Uh... I think that sounds good to me. I, I do think that Target feels pretty American Primark simply because it's now got homewares, you've got the prime you've got the, the Target thing going on. Um but you know what? I loved your I loved your collab suggestion that you did <laughs> between those three institutions, fashion institutions. So I'm gonna let you have that. Well maybe I'll maybe I'll try and throw all of it together. Let me see how my mind would actually Oh great, great, great. Let me okay, see how it. my mind would process this. Okay. So fusing all of that together, a Forever 21 and Fashion Nova concession curated by Hannah Brown from The Bachelorette available in a Target. You are welcome. And we are back. So Ben has our American topic this week. What do you got for me, babes? Sure do. My American topic for this week is drive-in movie theaters. Out the way, Sarah. <laughs> that is us referring to the Girls of Lad Music Theatre Promise, which uh, featured Drive the Movie Theatre. And our favourite bit is when Sarah walks in front of the screen and the other girls throw some popcorn after and honk their horn like, get out of the way, Sarah. It's, it's iconic. It's her iconic walking primrose line, which actually is about, isn't it about like walking on Primrose Hill, which I didn't ever understand until very recently. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Just for singing with her dulcet rock chick tones so <laughs> drive-in movie theaters question number one have you ever been to a drive-in movie theater i have been to a drive-in movie theater <gasps> in london of all places i what <laughs> yeah it was like remember that period of really annoying period of time where secret cinema was a thing in london and it became like a real event to do these kind of strange film screenings in as many kind of wacky wacky ways as you can it was around that period of time, it was for Halloween, and me and my friend Emily got tickets to a, I think we actually watched the movie Halloween. I can't even remember if that's what that's what the movie was, but it was in the most insane, we had to drive all the way out to like 
do you know what to Watford of all places my second mention of Watford on this we were like properly out in some strange part of like the outer suburbs of London in this kind of dirt lot where they directed a um a drive-in movie theater but it was very even though I did that in the UK the whole thing was I think everyone was even using American accents who was like you know like the attendants and all that kind of stuff it was it was quite something <laughs> how was the weather how was the weather really cold i remember we had to have the heating on in the car <laughs> yeah which is basically why we don't have them in the uk so a little bit of history for you um the first drive-in movie theater was in new jersey and opened in 1933 and then by the 1950s uh there were over 4,000 uh drive-ins in the u.s the one i went to was about 45 minutes away from la um and it's actually been open since 1956 and crucially it has a tiki theme oh god every day oh no Tiki's... <laughs> we're always we're always always just teetering around the problematic culture of tiki i feel like um, i feel I... like tiki tiki strictly come dancing and chicago the musical i feel like we're always bumping up against those three topics and watford and watford <laughs> Okay, so I drove out there last night um, with podcast husband Jesse and our friends Teddy and Jeremy came along as well. Um, it was really cool because I've noticed actually that drive-in movie theaters are having a bit of renaissance at the moment because of like distancing and everything. Yeah. Um, so they're having a real thing. But speaking to the actual Americans I was with last night, they all went to drive-ins growing up. So, you know, they're not just part of the 50s. They've, they were like a firm part of like American culture. Doesn't, um, doesn't that... As someone, as someone like who's not from here, and do you ever have those moments where you hear like one of our really close friends talk? So it's not even just like, oh, I was talking to some random American, but when you hear like one of our friends be like, oh, you know, I went to drive-ins like as a teenager. Doesn't it just make your mind explode when you realize that we spent so much of our like childhood watching American stuff, thinking that it can't have been real, and then when you hear that it's real, you're just like, what? I totally. I think like even our reference to Girls Aloud at the top of this. I feel like drive-ins are something that we really like, like, I can never say this properly, but like fetishized. Yeah, glamorized. In the UK. Yeah, like Very glamorized, totally. for sure. Like, it's so American. And yeah, when you hear of like people we know um, having gone growing up, you think, what, did you all dress up in like Converse and it was like the 50s? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, what, did you go and watch like a, an Elvis Presley, like a surfing movie and, you know, <laughs> have exactly. like a fight with exactly. some greasers? <laughs> um so we drove there last night um we got there upon arrival so like the little ticket booths it's tiki right from the word go they're like the original tiki booths from the 50s with like little lanterns with those fake flames in oh them God. like just flickering so we paid ten dollars each and it's a double bill okay so you get to like the first movie was at 8 30 we got there early the first movie was 8 30 and the, i think the second one's at like 10 30 10 45 10 dollars gets you both that's great but they also have four so very good value they have four screens there so you can like go to lots of different parts of it but you, you pay for your one screen anyway so you go along we parked up um it was beautiful because it was like a gorgeous evening and you could see the mountains in the distance with like the sun setting it was still warm i had part of the top off the jeep just living that american dream mm -hmm. I will say. in general the vibe was very parking lot meets um like zombie film set right <laughs> do you know what i mean like 
wire fencing, just like slightly rundown buildings. Any moment, like the zombies could attack, or maybe they have just attacked. It was just that kind of like wonderfully like creepy vibe. So it was like they you it was like society had re- slightly returned to normal after a zombie invasion, and you were at the drive-in. Exactly, exactly. Like we were at like we were at like the safe like the, the safe drive-in that zombies couldn't get into <laughs> because of all the wire fencing. But at any moment, they could just like come in and kill Absolutely. Us but you, we wouldn't know if that was part of the movie or not. We're like, oh, people are screaming, but they're just <laughs> screaming at the movie. Oh, no, they're not. They're getting attacked. <laughs> so we parked up. And the way they were doing it last night is you, you had to leave a space in between each car. So it was like 12 feet between each car for distancing. And whenever you're out of your car, you put on your mask. Now, yeah. Why would you go out of the car? I'll tell you why going to the concessions hut okay okay we popped on our masks we walked over to the tiki themed concessions hut um now i know you want to know about snacks of course very important okay snack wise we're talking you know all the classics like popcorn nachos uh red vines ices which are kind of like you know like a slurpee an icy similar sort of thing i hate red vines so Um, much yeah, they're not they're not great Ugh. um but the ones we opted for now podcast husband jesse went for a churro oh yeah i went for a pretzel now obviously we're talking like the american stuff like the big pretzels the big soft ones you know the big warm ones mm. with all the Ooh, salt yeah. on them um jeremy went for a pizza pretzel which was the same as before but just covered in like you know <laughs> cheese and, and tom- tomato slash tomato type stuff mm. And then um, Teddy went for a tiki hot dog. Not a regular hot dog, which was available, but a tiki hot dog. Right. So it was like a hot dog, but also like served on like a stone carving of like a tiki god's face. Something like that. I think it just had onion. (laughs) That famously tiki food, onion. Mm. Now, the most exciting part of it was I got got like a... um, soda you know from the, the fountain fizzy drink. i got a souvenir fizzy drink i got some pop um but i got it in a souvenir tiki cup oh lovely have you still got it so that's that's going to be part of the rotation at home now then oh save that 100 percent. pretty <laughs> good um in fact did you did you look at my instagram story should i send that to you right oh now? no I, I saw it i i saw it don't you worry yeah. we also brought some you couldn't take alcohol or weed with you but there were people were smoking obviously yeah. um but we and uh, Teddy brought, like, they bought cans of, like, secret alcohol, and uh, uh, Jesse had, like, a flask. Um, I was <laughs> driving, so not drinking. However, I did bring some food from home. I brought the classic um, drive-in movie teacher food, which was some sushi. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. They loved that in the I'm 50s. Just, I just picture, love that. Just, just picture me in my Jeep, you know, <laughs> just eating some sushi, drinking out of my big tiki cup. That was, that was me, basically. <laughs> Um, okay, so the movie started. What you're meant to do is you're meant to like to turn off your car, but to but keep your car radio on and tune in <laughs> to the, the certain like thing, and you you so you can hear it in your car. Right. That's the idea. That's what we'll, we'll revisit that. We'll revisit that setup in a sec. We saw the movie The Lodge. Ah, yes, I have seen that movie, which is why I did not come with you to the drive-in because I'd already seen The Lodge. What a what a weird film. <laughs> Such a change movie. So throughout, you know, I was in my car with Jesse and then Teddy and Jeremy were in their car. So Teddy and I were just texting all the way throughout. 
first first of note, your dance partner, Lisa Silverstone, features at the beginning of that. Movie. She does a very, a very odd kind of cameo at the beginning and really actually the driving force behind the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I we reckoned that she probably did two days work in that movie and she probably got paid about thirty thousand. That's what we were hoping. Yeah. For. She she was great. She was like she packed a lot of punch into a very small cameo in that movie. She did it. Yeah. Um so it was a very confusing movie, but just to give uh, this is actually Teddy's um summary. He texts me saying the premise of this movie is Hot Dad leaves his traumatized kids with his cult survivor girlfriend in a remote cabin. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> and isn't yeah. she she's and it's all, it's all, She's Elvis's like great granddaughter, right? Or granddaughter? Is that who she is? Oh, really? Yeah. So. Oh, I have no clue. All I know is that it felt like they'd written that movie for uh, Dakota Johnson, and then Dakota Johnson turned it down. So, they, so clearly, in the script, it was just like a Dakota Johnson type. Yeah. Well, yeah. She's yeah. She's Lisa Marie Presley's daughter. Oh, yeah. There you go. So yeah, it was just like a very run of the mill, like creepy horror movie. It, I felt it was like a group of interns. Uh, were left to come up with the idea of a horror movie and one of them suggested a creepy painting and one of them suggested a creepy doll's house and no one had, had like the heart to tell them that both had been done before in horror movies and then like one of the interns had said you know they'd seen the shining and it said you know my, my family have this cabin we could use and that was the movie yeah it, it, it felt it, to me it felt like it was like I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, the the witch the witch it was like what it, it, oh. everyone had got kind of high, oh, high on I, those horror movies where almost where nothing happens and it was like i can't watch another horror movie where it's just the wind blowing like outside of a house for like 20 minutes i need something i hate the movie the witch the bitch you know why it's just the bitch it's just so depressing because what it's in like settler like colonial times <laughs> and basically it's about like this family that get banished from a village so they have to go like live in this house by themselves and they can't grow any crops so forget about the horror of the witch the most, like, the worst part is that they're just hungry. It is so depressing. It is grim from start to finish. <laughs> just a, a grim slog. That's how I would describe it, the bitch. Wait a minute. Aren't they all, aren't they all also all talking in, like, weird, yieldy English accents? Yeah, because it's, because, yeah, because well. they're, they're technically meant to be the, some of the first settlers from the UK. So they're all kind of like Mancunian, <laughs> Mancunian kind oh. of pilgrims. <laughs> because... Neither neither Jesse, an American, nor I, a British person, could understand the accents. We had to have subtitles on watching that movie. <laughs> oh, well, good luck, because no one, everyone barely speaks in that fucking film. It's another film where it's just silence. Anyway. I hate that movie. Anyway, um, so we watched The Lodge. Now, going back to the tech setup. Yes. Um, you're, meant, you're meant to tune in on your radio. Now, I, I thought I had done it properly. <laughs> I'd managed to turn off my car, but keep the radio on. And tune it in so i did it but then i was worried because all my interior lights were on so i was worried the battery was going to turn down so i turned i turned the switch and the radio stayed on but the lights went off i was like great but then about 20 minutes and i get a wee tap in the window from someone working there and apparently my brake lights were on i don't know how to turn those off so i then had to i then had to like they worked out a way to do it so i turned off the brake lights but then everything just went off so so i was like great so then i couldn't we couldn't work it out so we basically had to then have the windows down and just try and hear from afar. I <laughs> bring in mind this is a movie. <laughs> this is a movie where there's just a lot of like whispering. And also visually, it's a very dark movie. So we basically couldn't hear or see anything. <laughs> I was gonna say that whole thing pretty much takes place at night with either people not speaking or people whispering. <laughs> 
we basically we decided then we need to go back and watch a high contrast movie like something like the lego movie you know yeah. like a high contrast shitey movie would, would work much better yeah like moana <laughs> exactly wait so what wait, what were your note what were your tech notes oh like? so yeah we had we had a very similar experience at the drive the drive and i went to at watford <laughs> in watford uh where you know you had to tune your radio to a certain station and i feel like we had the thing where it was almost it just was like almost like it was fading in and out while we were watching it so just my friend was having to just ever so slightly adjust it just so that we could again hit the dialogue and it just it just was not quite right but that's also because this was literally thrown together in like a dirt a dirt space outside of Watford so it wasn't even like a place that was built for a drive-in it was just like it, they were winging it big time so I mean that was pretty much my review of it I think uh, and just what the experience of going to a drive-in movie theater in the states is I think tech aside I can I'll need to look up the I was also like googling Jeep Wrangler drive-in movie like watching it trying to get it all working and a lot of people have the same question well, I do think my car is too new I feel like your car, your Jeep had probably, what you didn't realize is that in one of the kind of touchscreen menus, there's probably a drive-in movie theater mode, which you need to activate. Right. <laughs> that's where you, that's where you went wrong. Forget the off-road setting. There's also the drive-in movie setting. <laughs> that off-road setting that I've never, ever used. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I also, uh, fun fact, my parents uh saw Greece when it came out on a drive-in a drive-in movie theater that's that that's almost like inception i feel like it's that's almost too much i feel like as soon yeah. as the movie started it the ground should have opened up and just swallowed everyone there because it's too it's too many worlds colliding like a 70s movie about the 50s being watched by a couple in the uk at a drive-in i can't that's too much much with and, and also part part of the movie is set at a drive-in as yeah well. I, I i i can't cope with that <laughs> okay so that was my review of my visit to the driving movie theater and just the topic of driving movie theaters in general a very american thing i think as as we discussed earlier they don't really exist in the uk because of the weather it's just <laughs> not a thing so that got me to, to to wonder what on earth is the uk equivalent of the driving movie theater and i am stumped i don't i honestly don't know what to say i guess i guess it, you have to widen it out to the concept of how a fun way to watch a movie and I guess maybe would it be like that kind of especially in London that weird kind of resurgence or that weird that weird kind of trend that happened where there was just rooftop cinema things happening all over London do you remember that were you still in the UK when that happened I well I was there when like secret cinema had just had just been happening but then there was also like those film screenings at Somerset House going on yeah i i think i to be honest actually i think secret cinema would probably be a good a good kind of concept which i think to, if there's any americans listening we could explain secret cinema was this very strange kind of phenomenon that happened especially in london which was they would uh it was kind of an organization that would do a film screening but what they would do is they would very heavily theme the screening and you had to buy tickets in advance and you'd go to these strange kind of undisclosed locations and it was all themed where you'd go through almost like a almost like a halloween horror nights where you'd go through like a a whole building that was themed around this movie and then eventually at the end of it you'd sit and watch the movie <laughs> right exactly oh i've just i've just googled it i never went to one of them but i just googled it apparently in early 2020 secret cinema made a deal with disney oh so like they're like they're really really going for it. i went to a i went to a back to the future secret cinema in london which was really well made but also just the most eye roll 
you know day of your life that you'll ever have just uk you know out of work actors do it try to do <laughs> back to the future like 50s kind of it was just it was bad i always feel like the movies they choose naturally obviously have to be like big blockbuster mainstream ones like i remember they did the dirty dancing one which everyone fucking lost their mind yeah. but don't you think i always think they should do a secret cinema that's jurassic park and they should do it like you go in in jeeps and there's like you get attacked and it's like a whole thing you get attacked <laughs> but like a um what's it called the dilophosaurus like the one that's like just spitting acid at you while you're trying to watch jurassic park <laughs> <laughs> I know, maybe I would pay a lot of money. Maybe that Disney money will give them the bump to do a Jurassic Park one. I'm not sure they can afford that. <laughs> okay, so the UK equivalent of the drive-in movie theater is Secret Cinema. You're welcome. welcome. So before we go, we will, as always, play our quick game of Welcome Not Welcome, which is where we think of British or American things and we say whether they're welcome or not welcome, aka whether we like them or not. Okay, you up first. What have you got? Welcome Not Welcome, the word popsicle. Oh. Uh, so it's basically like it's basically like the UK, it's basically like the US way of saying ice lolly. Do you like popsicle? Or do you like ice lolly? I'm going to ask you to pick one, please. Oh, I'm going to have to say ice lolly. I like it's nice to say we'll have a nice lolly on that day. And also, it reminds me of the musical artist Lolly. Oh, viva, viva, viva the radio. Love that. Oh, fun fact growing up, every Sunday we called it ice lolly day. And we always had an ice lolly <laughs> on a Sunday. What did you have? A fab? I bet you had a fab. Oh, I love a fab. I still love a fab. Um, depends how hungry I was. If I was really hungry, I'd have like a cornetto, but if not, maybe a fab. So I, um, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to say welcome. I prefer popsicle to ice lolly. No, lolly all the time. Okay, there's a real theme to mine, which might be something to do with me being in lockdown and it'll become apparent. Uh, welcome or not welcome, the word snog. Oh, snog. Snog. A real, for the US listeners, it's just a big, a big sloppy kiss with a tongue, a snog. Yeah, it's very like, it's very kind of high school isn't it where you were like oh my god so and so snogged so and so last night oh my god yeah i heard they totally is either or like getting off with someone or snogging someone with the two things it's also just very like uh teen magazine like tween teen magazine back in the day very like you've got a crush on this boy do you want to snog him yeah snogging in implies like in, snogging, inexperienced, the verb snogging. <laughs> it, to me it, it conjures up inexperienced bad kissing is snogging Oh my god, did you ever have the phrase growing up, VL, which stood for virgin lips? <laughs> no! <laughs> so if you hadn't had a snog yet, uh, you were virgin lips. Who, You'd be like, oh my god, have you, bro have you broken your VL? Who was your first snog? Oh, Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> Tall Katie Robinson. <laughs> Tall Katie Robinson. <laughs> Not not to, not to be confused with small Katie Robinson. We had two, and it was uh, behind uh, a truck on fireworks night. Perfect. Mine was there uh, with my friend Lydia. What was... <laughs> with my friend Lydia at a house party. Both of us knowing I was gay and, and it not being a secret. And we were like, oh, let's just try it. And we did. And we were like, okay, great. We did it. You wanted to lose your virgin look. Exactly. No more VL for me. Okay, snog. Welcome or not welcome. I'm going to say welcome now that we've talked about that. Oh, Welcome, fine. But tell you what, snog the, the frozen yogurt, not welcome. <laughs> okay, welcome, not welcome, 
Disneyland annual pass car stickers. <laughs> what? Right. What are you when you're about? driving around, when you're driving around in California or in America, but particularly California, quite often you'll see a sticker in the back of a car that says AP and it has a Mickey Mouse shape. That stands for annual pass, and it's for those fucking idiots who buy like a Disneyland annual pass so they can go as many times as they want, although not right now. <laughs> yeah, what are the, how do you feel about what that? What are they doing with those annual passes like now? They're getting Mickey credit. <laughs> getting those Mickey bucks. <laughs> um, I don't feel great <laughs> about that, to be honest with you, because I just don't know how I would, how many times I could go to Disneyland. It's such a commitment. But also, like, why do you need the sticker in your car? I don't know. Maybe so that people, <laughs> maybe so other Disney users can recognize each other or people who hate Disney can, like, ram you off the road. <laughs> well, that's a very good point because I was thinking they're not welcome. But then I was thinking, actually, they are welcome because when I see a car with that on, I roll my eyes and I overtake. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I ram off the road. <laughs> If I could, my Jeep, I have to calm down my Jeep because that's what my Jeep wants to do. But no, I just overtake <laughs> them. So I'm actually saying they're welcome. I'm going to say not welcome. No, thank you. Okay. Just continuing my theme, welcome or not welcome, the word shag, as in the word to mean sex in the UK. Did you shag them? I, I'm going to say not welcome because they were fine, but then Austin Powers came out. So anytime like it's mentioned now, people look like do that voice and go crazy in the same way that quite often when people realize my name is Anderson, they're like, Oh, Mr. Anderson, <laughs> but you've never, I'm like, just shut up. No one needs a matrix reference. Okay. So I, I'm shagged. I'm going to say welcome for this reason alone. If you rewatch Austin Powers, it's actually a very funny movie. It's one of those movies that's become like the cultural takeaway from it has ruined the actual original thing which was funny it's actually like a very funny movie with like good solid jokes but it's become too much of like a thing that like annoying it's trickled down too far basically but i'm gonna say shag is welcome <laughs> shagger <laughs> call someone a shagger that's really funny Hi, yeah okay well I'm going to go welcome. Okay, fine. And I'll, and I'll rewatch Austin Powers because, look, I do love, um, I was about to call her Elizabeth Taylor, Elizabeth Hurley's acting career. I'd love it if Elizabeth Taylor was in that as well. Welcome or not welcome, American freeway etiquette. Now, hear me out. When you're on the motorway in the UK, you stick in the slow lane, but when you want to overtake, you go in the faster lanes. You overtake, you go back into the slow lane. In America, it's a free-for-all. <laughs> There's no, like, people just, like, hang out in lanes, doing whatever they want. So you'll quite often be in a lane and people will be speeding past you on either side. <laughs> or you'll be, like, stuck behind someone in the fast lane, but they're going slower than someone in the slow lane. So American Freeway etiquette. Very feeling? much not welcome. It reminds me of when I, before I moved here, I came here on holiday with uh, CLC and with Millie. And we were driving to, it's that day that we went to the water park at Six Flags. And and um, oh, a very hot day <laughs> we were, and we were driving there and i just remember millie was driving and i remember she um she changed lanes and we were just driving along at a completely acceptable speed for the lane that we were in and i just remember this guy came past and he was honking his horn and he was like fuck you like you know when someone's like gesturing being like you're an idiot you're an idiot he was like fuck you fuck you and he just like drove past us and to this day all three of us were like 
what did we do wrong? <laughs> and we still don't know. She didn't pull out in front of him. She didn't do anything. He was just incensed with rage that something in the American freeway etiquette had been broken. So I don't know. Yeah, it's bullshit. Not welcome. Did you have did you have a Disneyland on your pants? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, maybe he did. Maybe he was furious that we were going to Magic Mountain instead. Oh, brand ambassador. Oh, wait, another note on that. I do really appreciate in the States, like every state has a different uh, registration plate. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're all like a different color between the state. So when you're driving around LA, I love when, when I see someone that's from like Idaho or Montana, I roll my eyes. I'm like, oh, they don't know how these roads work. And then I speak. Past them. Wow. Specific slam on Idaho and Montana there. Ooh. <laughs> just like, you know, just like people who just have, have no clue the mountain, about the, the LA mountain folk. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, so those mountain dapper. folk from different Montana roads. have driven down and they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Okay. Um, okay, so I'm yeah, saying not welcome. Right, not, what's your final one? Not welcome. Uh, my final one is welcome, not welcome. The term up the duff. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how? Do, right, explain I'll what explain that means. That to any American listeners, up the duff is a very casual way to describe someone being pregnant. Up the duff. I still don't even know where it came from. I didn't bother looking up the etymology. I just like it. Just made me laugh. It's such a casual and kind of. Uh, negative way to describe Bro. someone being pregnant, isn't it? She's up the duff. Well, it's like, it's like when we had Crystal on the, the show, we were talking about the phrase falling pregnant. Oh, she, she's yeah. fallen pregnant. So right. It's like a, yeah, you've never, there's no, no, no person in the UK would announce their pregnancy by saying, hi everyone, I just want to let you know we're really pleased to say I'm up the duff. <laughs> also, do you think when Hilary Duff had her music career and she went over to the UK, like some cheeky magazines or interviews did like a segment called Up the Duff. If, if not, if, oh my God, um, picture it now. Hilary Duff doing a, oh my God. Okay, I've got it. She should, you okay. know, that show that's just come out, come out here with Kristen Davis from Sex and the City, which is about that, that reality show that's like The Bachelor, where that woman is trying to find men to yes. get her pregnant. They do the UK version of that, but they get Hilary, to, Hilary Duff to host it and they call it Up the Duff. And it's, it's like a woman trying to get pregnant and like a bachelor star with all the men. Okay, great. Hillary, I know you're listening. So just give us a call and we'll go through kind of how that's all going to work. Right. That's our Ooh. episode for today. Um, you're all very, very welcome. As ever, please like and uh, review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify Podcasts. Leave us some feedback on our Instagram, you know, you know, we'll read it out. We yeah. And do. just a bit of regular housekeeping. Samantha Mamba is still not being booked as a guest for the podcast. Somebody is slacking. Somebody needs to get on that. Let's get Samantha Mamba. Uh, and we'll keep you uh, abreast of our Drag Race Canada information. Yeah. Coming yeah. Soon. Uh, right. See you soon, babes. And you're all very welcome. Hi. You're all welcome. Where are you from, Joseph? South Shields. I thought. Well, there were three of us in this marriage. I just want to say, Liam, come and have a go with your finger. I enjoy cooking bacon and stop working with flour.